This is from the 11th chapter of Genesis, beginning in in verse 1. Now the whole earth had a common language and one speech, and as they moved eastward, they settled in the plain of Shinar. And they said to themselves, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And so they did not use stones, they used bricks, and they used tar as mortar. And they said, let us build for ourselves a city with a great tower reaching to the heavens so that we can make a name for ourselves or else we'll be scattered all over the earth. So the Lord God went down to see this tower that they were making. And the Lord said, if this one people they are able to do this, then nothing they plan will be impossible for them to do. Let us confuse their language and so that they do not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. The place where they were building is called to this day Babel, because that's where the Lord confused their speech, and they were scattered all over the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. I had forgotten to warn the other two services, uh, so I'll, I'll warn you. A week ago, this Sunday, I was preaching at uh, the first ever service of a new church, and so they're out in the middle of a field, and they set up a little tent that the speakers can uh, sit under, and it's a very significant occasion. So as the service was entering, it's uh, at the end of its third hour, and we're moving toward its fourth, it's, it's almost time for me to speak. Uh, two of my teammates who are beside me notice a disturbance in the crowd. And sure enough, there's, there's a, a shaman, a witch doctor, a, a voodoo man who showed up, creating a bit of disturbance and shaking some dirt and throwing stuff toward our way as we're under the tent. And so uh, my two teammates who saw this, uh, uh, both of them began to pray fervently uh, that he would not disturb my sermon. Well, sure enough, I stood up to preach, hadn't been preaching in a couple minutes, and bam, he was down asleep. Well, as you can imagine, the debate afterwards was, was that a miracle and answered prayer or just the natural order of things when I preach? So if you feel a little drowsiness coming on you, don't worry about it. This morning could be God. Maybe not. I remember back in the times of the Los Angeles riots, Rodney King faces cameras and journalists. And remember, he asked that immoral question. After three days of rioting, he says, Can we get along? Can we just all get along? He asks. That's a great question. It's an important question. I mean, look at things that happen when people actually do get along. Uh, You'll remember several years ago around Christmas time when the massive tsunami hit. But you'll also remember as amazing as that tsunami was, even more amazing was the response of people around the world. Uh, Religious and irreligious and uh, developed countries and developing countries, all of them banded together and sent resources, money, uh, personnel, supplies, as they united together and made an amazing response to the uh, tsunami-stricken area. Maybe you'll also remember after September 2011, a few days afterwards, Republican leaders, Democratic leaders on the steps of the Capitol of Washington, D.C., pledging a new era of bipartisanship. 
that they would work together to overcome uh, the tragedy that had befallen our nation. Now, of course, that seems like it was long ago in a faraway galaxy. But we see the power of what happens when people actually come together. I was on the airplane uh, reading a newspaper from another country, and they were talking about a town in, in their country, uh, and a certain section of the town had been gang-infested. All sorts of difficulties. Not a safe place to live. Certainly not a safe place for the children. And over a period of about three years, as the, the people in the community decided to band together and stand up to the gang violence and the gang members and make it a place that was no longer hospitable for those sorts of activities, it had become, according to the paper, a place safe now for children even to play in the streets. Amazing things happen when people come together. Uh, even a trip to Africa like uh, our team took doesn't happen unless people pull together in the United States and in Africa. Uh, when one person goes or four people go, it's really representative of a, of a much larger group whose prayers and efforts have come together to make it possible. Can we just get along? Wonderful things happen when people get along. Of course, it's also possible that sometimes some not-so-wonderful things happen when people get along. Uh, my oldest son, uh, quite a sports fanatic, and uh, one Saturday his school was playing uh, the University of Oklahoma in Norman. And my son's not one to kind of downplay his allegiances. So he shows up in the enemy stadium dressed in his garb and, and the occasional moments that his team has a good play. There weren't very many of them. He and his roommate who have made the trip with him stand up and cheer. And I remember him telling about how the stadium on his side united against them. Things were thrown. Epithets and insults hurled in their direction. Just because people band together doesn't mean good things come from it. And certainly on a more serious note, uh, a number of us have through history uh, etched in our memory the effects of what happens when an entire nation like Nazi Germany come together, some wittingly, some unwittingly, uh, and bent on the extermination of a group of people. Maybe can we all just get along isn't the very best question of all. You see, our Bible story this morning from Genesis 11 is about a time when everybody got along. One language, common speech, and what they decided to do together was to build a tower that would reach into the heavens. And uh, this pretty obvious to most scholars that they're talking about what we would call a Babylonian ziggurat. And ziggurats uh, were towers that were built with the purpose of sort of breaching heaven. In fact, the most famous ziggurat in the ancient history, uh, the translation of its name into English is, is, goes like this, the link between heaven and earth. It was their way of saying, God doesn't need to come down, we'll go up and get him. And so they built this as a testimony to themselves. As some of you are familiar with the concept that the Celts have of thin places. You know, those areas, whether it's in geography or just in our life, where the veil between heaven and earth, it's such a holy space, it seems to be very thin. Well, these folks decided to make their own thin place and built a tower to the sky. And their motivations are real clear. They admit why they're doing it. They say, we're going to make a name for ourselves. Now, those of us with any experience in the Scripture recognize what this is immediately. This is human arrogance. This is pride, and, and that never really gets one on God's good side. 
Uh, and we see, if you remember back a few weeks ago to Adam and Eve in the garden, that the sense that we can be more than God made us to be, that we don't have to accept the boundaries or limits that God has placed, or restrictions in our life. We can do anything and everything we want to do if we just get together. Well, when that happens, it doesn't usually end up in a good place. Proverbs puts it this way. You've all heard it said, pride goes before a fall. And pride is very much in evidence there on the plains of Shinar as they build the ziggurat together. Uh, and one of the things T.S. Eliot said some years ago, I think is, is, is appropriate to the situation, he observed that most of the problems in the world are caused by people who want to be important. Now, I don't know if that's true all the way across the board, but it's certainly true in Genesis 11. Wanting to be more than God made them to be, they set out to build this tower out of their arrogance. But their other, other motivation is also stated. They said, lest we get scattered all over the earth. Well, that seems like a, a reasonable uh, request for people who enjoy where they live and enjoy being together. They don't want to be scattered. But again, if you're familiar with the scripture, you'll remember in Genesis that as things get rolling, this is what God says. He says, go and fill out the earth. The very command of God is to spread God's ways and God's name throughout all the earth. It's not to stay in one place and build a tower. So their motivations are arrogance and actually disobedience. They want to be like God so that they can disobey God. Well, you probably figured out that's not going to go real well. And so the result, obviously, is God's not very happy. With what is happening, and God comes down, takes a look, and makes a decision on the matter. And it's always important to, to ask of our actions, is this making God happy or not? But I also want you to see three other things that happen besides God's unhappiness in this building on this tower. They're very interesting, at least to me. The first one is this. They get all together. They show their prowess. They make this technology that's going to change the world. And they come to find out that the technology isn't as great as they thought it was. How do we know that? Because the Bible's very clear that God says, I'll go down and look at that thing. They built the tower as tall as they could build it, and it didn't even get close to heaven. God's got to go way down to see what they're up. God can't see it from where God is. There's something. I have to go down. Their greatest achievement compared to God is really not much of anything at all. And, and I think sometimes our technology, our programs, we claim we're changing the world. We claim that, that everything's been reset to zero. And, and we make all these grand claims for ourselves. And I just wonder if in the eyes of God we're quite as wonderful as we believe when we, when we make these statements. Second thing is this. They do make a name for themselves, but it's not exactly the name they want. The name they made for themselves is Babel. Have you ever heard that word? Have you ever been to a meeting where things kind of got out of hand and nothing really was productive and people are yelling or whatever? They, they're not anywhere near uh, having uh, appropriate dialogue. And you might have left saying, they were just babbling. That's never a compliment. The name they made for themselves wasn't the name they wanted at all. And then a third, very disastrous consequence. Now, work with me on this one. It's not in the Bible, but it could be. And here's what I mean by that. When the rabbis commented on, Bab on Babel, this is what they said. The tradition is that bricks were more important than people. So in the construction of this ziggurat, when a person died, construction didn't even stop. 
They kept building. But when a brick was lost and hit the ground and broke, they stopped to cry about the brick. No one would ever value bricks over people, you say. Well, come with me to Egypt. Meet the Pharaoh who builds very tall buildings out of bricks and doesn't give one rip about what happens to the people who are building them. One of the consequences of this wonderful new technology, which is to make them so much more wonderful than they were, is it dehumanizes them and makes them less valuable than even they were. Our plans, apart from God, no matter how great, don't really lift us up as much as maybe they beat us further down. Well, you might be saying, so what does God want? Disunity? Disharmony? Not getting along? No, 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 no. I think Jesus is very clear in John 17. He prays that we'll all be one. I just want to suggest to you there's a better question than can we all get along? Can we just get along? The question is, can we all get along to serve God's purposes to make this world the way God wants it? That's what we're looking for. Interesting to me is that Genesis 12 follows Genesis 11. And you think, well, I had to come to church to learn that? Stay with me a minute. Genesis 11, they don't want to be scattered. They want to do their own thing. They, they hold together. Genesis 12, God takes a person and scatters him. His name is Abraham. And God said, I want you to go, and I'm going to tell you when you get there. And when you get there, I will form out of you a great people, a great unity, a great community, a great nation that will bless the whole world. God wants unity. God wants the world blessed, but on God's terms, serving God's purposes, not serving our own. And you get to Acts chapter 2. Pentecost, remember Pentecost? All these people from all these nations with all these different languages. Holy Spirit comes down and they start to understand each other again. God wants us to understand. God wants us to work together. God wants us to be one, but to serve God's purposes, not our own. So the real question is not whether, you know, you're near or far. Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, the question is, are you together with others serving God's purpose? That becomes the issue. Can we get along in a way that blesses the world and makes it the way God and Christ intended it? That's really the question. It's not an attractive illustration, but to me it makes the point. Imagine, if you will, fertilizer all gathered together in a big tower. You can see it. You can probably smell it. But that's not what it's supposed to do. Just get piled higher and deeper. The fertilizer, together with other clumps of fertilizer, has to be scattered to grow the earth. We can pile as many people on Sunday morning here as high and deep as we want, but if they never scatter, if they're never out in the world, then all we have is, well, you know what we have. The question is not, can we get along? But can we get along in a way that serves God's purposes and helps grow the world? the way that God intended.